Good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here and we've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at our Harvard Business Review tip and this one says, when you get annoyed by a colleague, take a look in the mirror. Very interesting one. We're also going to be chatting with Christina. We're going to be talking a bit about team building. But right now we're going to have a chat with Kim Nicholson from HR on Hand. We're going to continue with looking at employee engagement. Good afternoon, Kim. Hi. So uh, about about two months ago we spoke about employee engagement and we didn't have time to finish it. So we're going to, <laughs> to do part two today. But let's just do a quick recap on uh, what we talked about in part one. Fantastic. All right. So in part one, we spoke about what engagement, employee engagement was, and that's how passionate that your people feel about their jobs uh, and the work that they do, the effort that they put into their work and the connection that they have with, um, with your, your business. Um, and then we talked about why engagement was really important to your business. So we gave sort of six key reasons being it increases your profitability, your productivity, uh, improves your customer satisfaction, helps to reduce your absenteeism and turnover of your staff, and it helps you retain valuable employees. We then um, gave some examples of what an engaged employee and what a disengaged employee actually looks like. So an engaged employee is very optimistic, they're very team orientated, you'll find they'll go above and beyond, very solution focused, willing to learn, enthusiastic, passionate um, and quite connected to what they do. On the other hand, a disengaged employee will be somewhat negative, uh, probably driven by, by money, uh, may have high levels of absenteeism um, and may not care too much around what they're doing or, or about what your, your business is about. And then we gave um, some quick examples of, of ways to engage, uh, to build engagement. So giving employees clarity around their jobs, so where their job role fits and how it contributes to the business success, um, that employees want meaningful work and to have the necessary tools to do their job, recognition for a job well done and meaningful feedback. And then we spoke about when is the best time to make changes and to start uh, putting in place employee engagement initiatives into your business. And we said it's right now, today, this week, this month. <laughs> even with, even with the impacts of COVID. Even with the impacts of COVID. So how can I start to build or drive employee engagement in my business? Yeah, look, there's quite a few things a business can, can do to begin or improve their employee engagement. Um, but we've been really conscious of, of COVID and the impacts that this has had on many, many businesses. So what we've done is try to identify some free or very low cost strategies and tips. Um, and these will work for any workplaces that are either um, working on site or are operating remotely at this point in time. So the first one's around sharing your vision and plan. So uh, what is the, the business vision and plan? Um, think about how it's actually changed due to COVID and what this means for your business. Um, communicating what the roadmap looks like now. What are the new goals um, if things have changed? And making sure that your employees know how they fit into, into that picture. Now, you work and with a lot of, lot of businesses. Do you find many businesses actually do that? Actually have a vision and share it with their employees? No, um, I, I think at a higher level. So the the bigger the bigger the business, 
um, they probably communicate it down to their management team. But would I say that it might get to the people on the shop floor? Probably not. Mm. Um, and it's quite a simple thing to, to do. Mm. And so the next one is communicating regularly. And so how do you do that? So some simple strategies to get that message out there is, you know, morning check-ins, email updates every month, um, Zoom calls, and that could be around the vision and what the plan is moving forward. It could be um, coffee or lunch meetings in a more informal Zoom-type process. But to always be sort of transparent and authentic, be positive, because um, engagement's all about talking regularly to your people. The more your people know and understand where you're going and what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve, they're more likely to go on the journey with you. Mm. And the third one is recognition and reward. Yes. So, um, and this is really, it can be really quite simple. So ensure that you give your people praise for they, those that go above and beyond in your business. So you can't underestimate the power a simple thank you can make. So you can do this in, in public, so in meetings or in private catch-ups, um, a handwritten note on their desk. Uh, give them an opportunity to work on a different project, give them an opportunity to do additional responsibilities, um, get your team to nominate others for recognition of uh, whether it's each month on a job well done. And the other thing that you can do, is, is which is also difficult at the moment, um, but that could still work very effectively, is to offer a small recognition award. So try and personalise it as much as possible. So um, e-gift cards um, are always a winner because then people can actually spend it on whatever they like. Some people might like movie tickets. So it doesn't actually have to cost a lot to say thank you. Um, but like I said, a simple thank you sometimes makes the biggest difference and puts a smile on people's face and they know that what they're doing is the right thing. And uh, one of the things that a lot of businesses have a problem with, I think, is uh, in induction and getting people in the place, workplace in the first place. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's a critical part of the process. You, you spend a lot of time and, uh, and sometimes money get, finding the right person and attracting the right person for your business. And then they forget about what the, the next step is. And the reality is, is that people will make up their mind whether they'll stay or, or leave your business within the first week based on the experience that they get. So it's, it's really quite critical and it's also critical to getting them up to speed and operating productively, productively in your business as quickly as possible. Um, so as an employer, your staff are your most important asset. So induction gives you the opportunity to, to welcome your new employees, build upon the positive um, experience they've all already had in, in the recruitment process um, and gives them that uh, enthusiasm to, to keep going in their new job. And one of the challenges I think a lot of people have is is asking for feedback, and more importantly, listening to the feedback. Correct, and um, and it's not always easy because sometimes, um, as an employer, you may not like what people say. Um, but my view on that is, if you ask it in the right way, the information that can come forward is really valuable. So you can do that via team meetings, via surveys, during coffee or lunch breaks. Um, and my, our recommendation is always to consider them because sometimes it, you can't possibly know everything and sometimes your employees come to you with little gems, little diamond ideas that could make significant difference to your products or service or the way that you deliver things to your clients that makes you know a massive difference for your business. 
and uh, the 9.6 flexibility options. Yeah, so look, you know, it's one of the biggest things that's changed throughout COVID is um, the, the, the world of work and, and flexibility. So it's more important than ever to review your work practices in order to assist your, you to reduce your staff overheads if you, if you don't want to retain uh, large office spaces, to retain your staff and to be able to attract new employees. So the types of flexibility that you can offer are things around split shifts, remote working, or what we like to call work from any anywhere, um, mm. and hybrid. So that's a mix of time in, on the workplace and uh, a work from home kind of combination. Um, however, if you're going to do that, you need to have the right policies in place. You need to ensure safety um, of your employees whilst they're on site, in an office or, and or if they're working for anywhere or from home. You need to make sure that they've got the right equipment and technology for so the right tools to get their job done well. Um, balance. So balance has been a massive thing during COVID in that, that there's no technically start or finish time. So the lines have really been blurred by those people working mm. from, from home. So um, you need to... If you've got people working remotely, you need to make sure that they're taking sufficient breaks and they actually do switch off from work. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time. That's a, a lot of useful information. I know we had a little bit more, but we don't have the time. So no problem. maybe we'll have a chat again with you in another month or so. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Julian, for having us. Kim Nicholson there with some fantastic tips on employee engagement. And you're listening to Business, The Law and You on 2NURFM. Time to have a chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, another, another lovely day out there. Beautiful day. I'm actually looking at the water, so it's sensational. Oh. So uh, team building. We have a t- chat about team building. We've just been talking a little bit about employee engagement. So yeah. uh, let's fit it into team building. Yeah, so I think it's really important to you know have, a, have strategy days, um, whatever that best looks like for your organisation, however big your team is. I really prefer off-site communications and days like that where people can reach an alignment, people are free to ask questions about other things that they're not quite sure about. Uh, But, you know, it really gets you back in touch with the vision, the mission, the values of the organisation, which are integral. So we're just having a, um, a, a strategy session, you know, over the last week or so, and some really interesting questions that have been coming up from our team, questions like, what kind of clients do we want to take on? We've had this issue with a particular client. Does that mean that they're still an ideal client? What do we do in that, in that regard? When you've got your, your vision, your mission, your values, you know, your true north absolutely aligned and everybody is aware of what they are, decisions like that seem to become much easier mm. uh, because if people don't fit into that, you know, then, then it's, a, you know, it's that old saying that if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. I, I agree with you, but one of the things I do find in a large number of businesses that I work with is that they don't have a very vague vision or not a vision at all. And if they do have a vision, they still don't share it with their team. I've walked into organisations, Julian, and said, right, you know, alignment, vision, values, you know, you want to do this team building, um, these team building exercises, what does that look like for you? Oh, hang on, we've got the vision, it's here somewhere, and they're opening bottom drawers of desks and trying to find what the vision and the values, you know, are, as opposed to... Uh, you know, a few years ago, I'm sure I've talked about this before on the show, when I went to um, to Zappos, mm. and the vision, the mm. values were everywhere, and people were walking the talk. 
Mm. You know, so they were totally aligned. The mission, everybody. Also, the other thing that's really good with strategy days is for everybody to let everyone else in the organisation know what it is they do. And at that point, you start realising how interconnected everything is. Mm. So, you know, if you're, if you're the person who answers the phone for you um, isn't aligned with the whole idea of the business and how communication should be happening, then, you know, customers aren't going to ring back. If you don't make them feel the way that you want them to feel from the very instant they start having communication with you. And I often say that, you know, the, the receptionist, the person that answers the phone, he or she absolutely need to know every single aspect of the organisation so they know where to refer you, they can mm. talk about the organisation. They are such an integral role and I keep going back to the JFK um, example where he's been said to go up to the janitor and said, you know, what, what do you do around here? And the janitor looked at him and said, Mr President, sir, I'm helping put a man on the moon. Yeah. It's that whole integrated effect. Yeah. And and a lot of places uh, tend to put their new people or their not very good employees on their reception. As you say, it's one <laughs> of the most important ones, but they uh, tend to, to make it, you know, it's just a little, little job you just sit there and talk to people. Yeah, no, it's such a crucial job. And, you know, the best place for a new employee is everywhere because in that first three months of service for you, they can pick up and they can see things that you just don't see because you've been integrated in the business for so long. So those fresh eyes, people really need to be taking advantage of what they see, what they hear, um, for any incongruous um, messages that are going out, if people aren't behaving the way that the, you know, and that doesn't mean that people are behaving badly, but they're Mm. not behaving in a way that's aligned to the organisation. They're the ones that can see it straight off. The people that have been there for quite some time, they're just used to business as usual. It's a bit like the undercover CEO, isn't it? <laughs> it is indeed, yeah. Hey. Yeah, but you really don't want to get to that point. You know, that's another discussion we've had. Everybody in the organisation needs to operate as if they were the CEO with that yeah. same passion and the same integrity, and as hopefully the CEO does. And you've been talking about strategy meetings and uh, mm. with our uh, change in working environment, which is mm. with a lot of uh, working away from the workplace, um, so Zoom. Does Zoom yep. does work, does Zoom work for strategy meetings or is it challenging? Yeah, no. I think well, I think everything's challenging because you know a face to face meeting can be challenging if you yeah. don't have the right vibe in the room and if if you've got one antagonist or you know if the vibe's not right, it's not right. It doesn't matter whether you're on Zoom or you're in person. But I, I think it's you know we've we've spoken about this um, a couple of times. It's the intent. So whatever intent you have is going to come across whether you're in person or whether you're on Zoom. So if your intent is genuine and you really care about the people within your organisation and you really want that alignment and you're listening, so you know the difference between just hearing somebody and really listening to what they're saying, like so cliche but so true and so integral to how you want your organisation to to run and, and how you want your people to communicate. And the point you made earlier, which I think was vital, is people need to be as passionate about the business as you are. So, you yep. know, right from the day of hiring people, you really mm. need to look for that passion for what, they, what they're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if, you, if it's going to take you an extra month to hire the right person because mm. of a, a strict set of processes or questions or conversations that, that you want to have, you know, that's going to say, that month is going to save you years in the mm. long run because mm. really what you want to do is hire the right person who wants to stay with you long term. And, you know, there's, there's all the conversation about people are going to have, you know, 50 jobs and the current generation that's actually bearing out not to be so true. Mm. Uh, and people want to stay somewhere if they can keep learning, if they can remain curious and if they can keep growing. Mm. And I always say, hire, hire slowly and fire quickly. 
Absolutely, that's so true. Yep. Well, thanks for your time again. We'll have a chat again next week. Thank you. I look forward to it. Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with uh, following on on that team building and uh, there's just some of those points are just so simple. Yet, unfortunately, I, from my experience and from those experts' experience, too many businesses overlook them. And well, you're listening to Business, the Law and You on 2NURFM. Time for our Harvard Business Review tip. And this is a very interesting one. When you're annoyed by a colleague, take a look in the mirror. Sometimes you work with someone you don't like. Maybe your colleague rubs you the wrong way, disagrees with you constantly, or is arrogant and entitled. Before you start pointing the fingers, take a look in the mirror. Consider how you might be contributing to the problem and try to objectively assess whether you may have done it to escalate the issue or ask a trusted colleague for their perspective. The goal is to test your assumptions. You may think it's the other person's fault, but that's rarely the case. What you're reacting to may have little to do with the other person and more to do with your own history. It's possible that the person reminds you of of an obnoxious sibling or an old rival, or maybe you can be a bit of a control freak and your frustration comes from being unable to call all the shots. If you can understand what what you're bringing to the situation, you know better how to address it. So that's an interesting point, isn't it? Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at the employee engagement and team building. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to visit the tax world again with Chartered Accountant Tony Vidray. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Albert Einstein once said, logic will get you from A to B. Imagination will take you everywhere. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.